Welcome to Season 3, Episode 10 of The Voice Box. In this short episode, Humans of Irvington High editor, Tanmay, will be interviewing Mrs. Martinez about her new standards-based grading system that she has implemented this year and whether or not it has been an effective change in her classroom. Stick around till the end and hope you enjoy. I'm interviewing Ms. Martinez, who is an AP English 11 teacher and English 9 honors teacher, and she's going to tell me a little bit about standards-based standards -based grading. So, Ms. Martinez, can you give me a quick summary of standards-based grading? I'm heavily using the principles and justifications outlined in the book Grading for Equity by an experienced educator named Joe Feldman, which the Curriculum Council of the District is currently encouraging teachers to read. The central principle of standards-based grading is that a student's grade should accurately reflect their level of mastery of the course standards. For example, in an English class, one course standard could be the ability to back up arguments with strong examples. Therefore, the only scores that count in the grade are student performance on summative assessments, which are end-of-unit tests. In English class, the tests are usually timed in-class essays or presentations. In contrast, Formative assessments, which is work done in the process of learning, such as homework, participation, discussions, and quizzes, do not weigh in the grade at all. This is because students should be expected to make mistakes as they're learning. So including formative assessments in the gradebook distorts the grade's accuracy. Other major components of standards-based grading are students can redo any assessments they do not pass for a passing grade, Turn in assignments late without penalty, and recent assessments completely replace older ones. This is the equity piece, because if a student didn't do well on their first attempt, it often has to do with factors outside the student's control, like their previous teachers schooling, some distressing event at home surrounding the test, or learning at a slower pace. Penalizing for lateness distorts the grade's accuracy, since timeliness is not a standard related to the skills the assessment is measuring. For example, an excellent essay turned in late is inaccurately graded if it receives a C due to a late penalty. Finally, counting only recent performances, not the average of all scores, is the most accurate reflection of a student's current level in the course and rewards growth over getting penalized for mistakes. Okay, I see. And what motivated you to make this change to the grading system? Feldman's book made compelling arguments for standards-based grading. There are serious consequences to assigning an inaccurate and unclear grade to students. It could result in placing them into the wrong level of courses. They will not know where their exact uh, strengths and weaknesses lie when grades are just the average of everything they do in the course on the first try. And lastly, it could unfairly bar access to opportunities like college and jobs. And what's a big pro and a big con to standards-based grading? A pro is that compared to my old grading policies, standards-based grading allows me to focus more on giving feedback on major assessments targeted toward a certain standard and less time grading and entering scores on homework assignments. I also enjoy giving one-on-one -on -one help to struggling students during the redo process and not worrying as much about them falling behind or getting discouraged since they know they get multiple chances to demonstrate mastery. 
One con is that as I'm currently implementing it, I do not allow students who pass but do not get a perfect score to redo because if I did, the grading load would be too much for me. This leaves some students stuck with a B because they didn't qualify for a redo, which is understandably frustrating for them and does not allow them the opportunity to um, correct their errors for a higher score in this scenario. And do you find students to be more or less hardworking as a result of the system? Another con I discovered about the redo policy is that some students relied on redoing to boost their grade instead of studying hard um, beforehand. But I have changed to applying a maximum grade to reduce, a B, so that, um, so that should motivate students more to try their best to prepare for assessments so they can get higher than a B. Um, um, and while it's true that I've noticed fewer students have been turning in homework than when it counted in their grade, their performance on my assessments is the same, if not better, than in past years. This just, this just means that students can see the purpose of homework is to prepare for assessments, and accordingly, they pick and choose which assignments help them specifically prepare. Similarly, more students turn work in late than they normally would, but the trade-off is they use the extra time to improve the quality of their work or to prioritize more pressing demands in their lives before finishing my, assi uh, my assignments instead of collapsing under stress. In the end, this means they are learning what they need to learn in the course, which is what matters. And what does the bell curve of grades look like now? Feldman directly addresses the bell curve in his book. The bell curve is based on an antiquated, harmful idea that some people are inherently superior, most are mediocre, and some are irredeemably below standard. Therefore, only a limited number of students ought to receive an A in any given course. Standards-based grading pushes against this notion by providing every opportunity for all students to demonstrate mastery of course skills, to correct mistakes and only have their most recent performance count, and to not have distorting elements like participation, extra credit, or homework cushion or dampen their grade. As a result, there is no bell curve in standards-based grading because it's simply not true that there's a fixed ability distribution among students. So without a bell curve, how do you measure learning as opposed to homework? In the past, I measured homework by whether it looked complete and whether it was turned in on time. Looking back, this is extremely inequitable because someone who copied homework had a life circumstance that prevented them from doing the homework on time, and someone who needs more time to learn the material all receives scores that do not reflect their actual learning. Actual learning is revealed by performance on summative assessments demonstrated multiple times if necessary, like if the student failed on the first try and needs intervention before trying again. So did you face any resistance when you were implementing the system? There was surprisingly little resistance from students and parents because I think students are ready for a change. In many ways, our education system is still very much an industrial, depersonalized conveyor belt model. But students today have diverse needs and more demands pulling them in different directions and compromising their focuses. As I explained standards-based grading to them, it seemed many students saw that a flexible and customizable grading system better fits their needs. I see. And what type of feedback do you hear about the, the system? At the end of first semester, I surveyed students, asking them if they understood and liked the principles 
and policies of standards-based grading, and most did. In the free response section, many students said their mental health and stress levels in the course were greatly improved under uh, standards-based grading. Without worrying about late penalties, low scores permanently pulling grades down, or the course moving forward while they're still confused about something earlier, students could relax and focus on learning and even finding more meaning in assignments. So where do you, say, where do you see the system moving in the future? Um, so where do you see the system moving in the future? Equity is a topic that has recently been garnering national attention, partly because educational gaps have become more explicit during the pandemic. Students who have more caretaking responsibilities or are absent due to COVID need more flexibility than the, the traditional grading system allows. So I've already seen how standards-based grading has worked advantageously during this time. Absent students can demonstrate mastery of standards when they return, and even in a different format from their peers, and their grade will still be accurate. Even after the pandemic ends, I can envision more teachers adopting standards-based grading because standards-based grading also addresses race and class inequities. We know it's easier for students of certain backgrounds or neurotypes to perform well on assessments the first time and turn in homework. And even apparently privileged students benefit from the flexibility as previously described. Overall, standards-based grading is designed to stop penalizing students for factors beyond their control. And as the gaps close, hopefully more and more teachers adopt the system. Okay, that's cool. And what do you hope is a larger gain from standards-based grading? Of all the gains, the effect on student mental health and equity are the most important to me. Of course, I also do community building activities and make lessons interactive, but I have undoubtedly observed my students acting happier, lighter, and more present overall. Students with stressful life circumstances, which has been quite a few this year, deal with one less burden on them and one less barrier to success.